0: Hello, welcome to the Mythology Marksmanship Podcast, I'm Morgan King, and uh, today I've got Brian Neese with me. Uh, Talked about, on the last episode, with Brady about trigger control, and I said I would get Brian on here because we've recently been doing quite a bit of practice on this, basically. Well, I don't know. If anybody who's practiced with me knows that that's pretty much about all that I practice or not all of it but at least it's it's a lot of what I focus on is is trigger control and uh, and and efficiency on the clock and so our recent practices have kind of focused on that and wanted to get uh, Brian's perspective on on trigger control and kind of the, our recent drills so anyways thanks for coming on Brian
1: Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and we were, so we started talking before here, and you just recently went to the, which was, is it Lead Farm match that you were at?
1: Two matches. So I, I shot Parma on Saturday, and then I uh, drove up to Lead Farm, shot it on Sunday, which is in uh, Tri Cities, Washington area. Yeah. Um, and you won
0: yeah. Parma on little targets, and then you ended up third at, uh, or fourth at uh lead farm, right? Third or fourth? Uh
1: let's see no, I think it was fifth.
0: Oh, fifth. Okay. Which yeah, I mean, a lot of good shooters there and it's I mean you obviously shot pretty good this weekend, but uh we were talking you had a conversation with some shooters about about the the pace of the match. Right.
1: Yeah, so Parma was uh, two-minute par-times, uh, plenty of time to get done what you needed to for the most part. And then uh, Lead Farm, because of, they had a really good turnout, they had 90-second uh, par-times so that we could all get on the road and get home. Um, so, yeah, that was a, the biggest difference, I guess, was the par-times. And then uh, Parma was smaller targets. Lead Farm, they were they were pretty generous targets for the most part, mixed with small ones. But, um, yeah, I think we were just talking earlier about um, this is a great example of the importance of having the ability to uh, be disciplined enough to have a conscious trigger squeeze and move quickly at the same time.
0: Yeah. It's easy – it's really, really easy to uh, fall back into – I don't know if it's fallback or just, like, your default be uh, just putting it on autopilot, right? Right. Like, and I feel like the faster a stage is, like, if you have time, it's, it's a whole lot easier to make a perfect trigger pull every time, right? Like, if you're on the bench at the range trying to shoot the smallest group you've ever shot or something like that, it seems like that you're going to make good trigger pulls every time in that situation. Whereas all of a sudden the timer goes off at a match and now obviously you're kind of your, it's almost like you your conscious thought goes out the window and you kind of rely on
1: autopilot. So we get there and we start on a stage. It's just a nine round stage, but there's, there's quite a bit of movement. We, and I start on a rooftop and you go, I don't remember the sequence exactly. But anyways, I'm probably fifth in line to shoot this stage. And, and I'm in a pretty good squad, a lot of good shooters, and everybody in front of me is timing out. And so I immediately switch and think, OK, I got to go fast. And that um, that hurt me, not only on that stage, but but the entire match. and Because I have a problem with um, when I go fast, everything goes faster. And I have a tendency to see forget that uh, the importance to focus on that trigger squeeze. Yeah. So, and then, well, I'll just go through that stage. Um, so I dropped three on a stage and these are, these are generous targets and, and I'm looking for excuses in my brain like uh, wind or zero being off or targets that I shouldn't have missed. Um, and by the end of the match, uh, it was really clear that it was just my mindset and, and rushing through that that trigger squeeze that uh, um, that's all it was. It's just bad bad trigger pulls. So and then
0: go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good.
1: And then that that bleeds that bleeds throughout your entire match. You know, so so it was probably one more stage, and then it dawned on me: slow down. You're not giving each shot the the attention that it deserves. And then I start, you know, cleaning stages and, and doing pretty good, but I'm already five points down. So um,
0: on this first stage, what was it?
1: What was the stage? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, so what was the stage? Let's see, were there three targets? It was a nine-round stage. Um, you had to climb up on a um, you had a, a rooftop. You had to climb and shoot it off a rooftop. Rooftop. Near to far, I think uh, two rounds each. You had to get off the rooftop and run over to just some pipes. Um, so it not look really stable either, so I've got my mind, mind thinking about that too. Like I need, to, I need to do everything I can to be stable. So
0: you go from a rooftop to pipes?
1: Rooftop to pipes, and you do near to far on the pipes. So just nine rounds, but everybody's timing out. Okay. Um,
0: so two shots yeah. each from the rooftop near to far and yeah. then go over one shot each from the pipes near to far.
1: Yeah. I don't if it was far to near or near to far, but you basically did the same thing all the way down. Gotcha. Uh, it was uh, you needed to hold over to have time to do it. So that, that wasn't a big issue, but the, the positions themselves of steep rooftop um, one bag wasn't quite enough on the rooftop where I felt I'd be comfortable Then I also wanted to have two points of contact on on the pipe as well because the pipe rolled, and so I get a the big pillow out and a whole bunch of all all these thoughts going through my mind before I shoot the stage. And the one thing I'm not thinking about is the you know hitting hitting targets. I know I got to move fast. I know I got to build positions as fast as I can. Uh, I know the wind hadn't picked up at that point, so. Wasn't really worried about the actual shot I'm making, so my mind's full, lack of a better term, of all this stuff, and I, I forget to stop and make a good trigger squeeze on each on each shot.
0: So, okay, here's my question, because we got this stage; it's fast, got a lot of equipment, a lot of things going on, right? But things that you've done a lot, looking yeah. back on on it. What would have what mindset would have helped you or what what if you would have had something on your mind, what would have cha- what would have changed the outcome you think?
1: Um, I think I think just just the thought of, of running my cadence uh, on each shot, I still would have had enough time. My cadence I use I got it from you. It's just uh, level of trigger squeeze and uh, just stay in my mind before I pull the trigger. And uh, that makes me think of that, that trigger squeeze consciously. You've said it before uh, on your podcast, I'm sure, but um, really been working on trying to do that. And when all these other thoughts got in my brain, I just I threw that out the window. Had I just relied on, okay, I know how to do this. I know how to get stable on that rooftop. I know how to get stable on these pipes. Think about your think about your shot. Don't think about the clock that he takes a match that's designed for two minutes and shrinks it down to 90 seconds. Just think about making each shot. You know, I finished that stage with a with a six out of nine with something like 15 seconds remaining. And so had I just applied... A se- I, could, I could use a full second squeezing that trigger and I had would I clean the stage. I and mean, no doubt in my mind, easy, cleanable stage.
0: So, okay, because that... So I I think there's a So I like that. I don't have a problem with somebody thinking about going fast. though, cuz like at least I maybe I don't know enough to have a have a problem with it cuz I think that same thing in my in myself, but there yeah. I guess in my mind you got to be able to to be able to think I got to go fast, but then at the end of the day not sacrifice the shot at the same time. Mhm. Cause I, yeah, but it's yeah, it, it. cause I know at least when I get going and I I'm trying to think of what I even think about when I think about a fast stage. I, well, no, now, now I think I've practiced it so much that when I get to the trigger pull, like like I talk about on the last one with with Brady, I feel like there's two people, there's two types of guys, right, that shoot, or, or maybe there's just. well, or maybe that's what I feel like I do at least somewhat different than most of the other people is I feel like most people that have a good trigger pull, they, and I don't think this is a bad way to do it, especially, um, if it's like super tough to figure out what it is, you have to figure out that top speed, right? The speed in which you can go to where, uh you can you'll always get make your hits basically if you if you're shooting 1 minute targets how fast can you go um and always and and maintain a hit percentage that's you know in the high 90s what is that mm-hmm. you know uh i don't i the prob, problem is i never could figure out what 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 the what the governed speed is because then i would sometimes i would go too fast sometimes i would i would go too slow and I don't know. It was just hard for me to figure that out. So, may and may and maybe this is just me. I figured out that it was easier for me to just separate the thing that that basically hits the targets, which I feel like is is uh making a good trigger pull, right? separating that Mm -hmm. well because that one that's the one thing with if you if if people listen to the podcast from me and brady that's that's what i think has to be conscious right like and so you can't put it on autopilot and the temptation when you go fast is you put it on autopilot and then you're not thinking about it and then your body is able to do whatever it wants to do and what it wants to do is react to explosion happening two feet in front of your face and so you do things that you you do things naturally that you have no idea that you do. Right. I don't know how to ex- explain that unless you're surprised by it because then your body can't react. But if you tell your, but if your body knows it's going to go off right now, then, then you are, you will react regardless. Yeah. It will affect the shot.
1: hundred percent agree with that. And I think that's what was going on. So, so I did everything I needed to do to mitigate that, that time crunch, right? I, I held over. I, I had a good plan on my equipment. Um, the thing that I that I didn't focus on was was the the, the trigger screws itself. Um, and it being the first stage of the day, uh, that that probably affects it too. Because you can do both. You know, you and I were talking. You, you can do both. You can go fast and you be shot. The, the exact amount of time that it deserves and concentration.
0: Yeah. I just think it's, it's maybe the hardest way to do it, I guess. Cause it's probably easier to find your governed speed. You're like, like the place where like, Hey, this is the velocity. This is the speed in which I can go. And as long as I don't go ha- faster than this, when I, I'm going to maintain a high hit percentage, but i I'm, I'm going to also just eat the fact that I could time out. Mm-hmm. The prob- problem is that if you're me, uh, like I'm not going to time out. So there's a point where I'm just going to blow past my governor.
1: Right. Yeah. And I guess my problem is, is once I cross that, that threshold, I'm, I'm just smashing the trigger. I'm going too fast. It's to throttle back down, to bring everything back together. It, it's hard to get back in that rhythm. I don't know. If that makes I think sense. you're. I think
0: you're like me then, where, listen, we've I've talked about this before. I think you're like me in the fact that that when you go fast, you go fast. You go fast, and so you like you. You probably have an idea of what your governor speed is, or what this speed that if you maintain this speed. So, or if you go to two minute matches or whatever, to where you have time, you know, like everything proportionately. Like so your process of building the position, your processes of, of getting on target and setting your natural point of aim and the process of pulling the trigger is all going to be a little bit longer because you have time for it all to be longer. But then when, when, when it comes down to it and you got to go fast, everything gets faster, including your your building the position and getting it in position, moving between positions, um, setting your natural point of aim, getting everything ready for the shot, and then the process of making the gun go boom, that that all those things get uh, faster in proportion to one another and to where you're super fast, which is is there's nothing wrong with that. but uh, the trouble is is it's like every time something gets fast, then then you go this fast and it might not bite you on a stage where like pair a PRS skill stage with a two and a half minute target, right? But then you go to the next stage. And if you maintain that same same uh maintain that same uh, i guess cadence or whatever um now and you're on a slower stage with a smaller target now all of a sudden you start missing targets
1: yeah yeah i think ideally you've gotta separate those two and you've talked about this before you you really need to separate those two yeah you need to be able to go fast between um but have the same trigger squeeze. Every single time.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's what so that's...
1: Go ahead. We're sacrificing trigger, trigger squeeze for, and we're not paying attention to what's way more important, like, for, I'm talking about time here. So you're trying to gain time on a trigger squeeze that you might gain half a second at, at best. Where you got things like uh, target acquisition where you might be losing three, three to four seconds. I mean, I did it on a tiebreaker at uh, uh, lead farm. I, I lost a target. And you lose a target, you're not going to tiebreaker. <laughs> no. Um, there's that, and then there's um, you mentioned closing your bolt, closing your bolt when like when you're when you're on target, like right when you're on target, and don't sit around there and hunt for the target, make sure your crosshairs are, are on it first, and then close your bolt, but be in the process of closing that bolt as soon as you see that target. I mean, you and I were testing that in my place, and I mean that's like two seconds difference at least. A, yeah. Every time uh, sl- I
0: show somebody that they go, they're like, they'll start. And it's like, that's, that's my first criticism. Usually when people are running one shot drills, cause I, cause initially sometimes people are slow, right? You're obviously not slow, but sometimes when we start doing one shot drills, or when I start doing one shot drills with people, they're like, it's not real quick, you know? So there's things they can do to improve their efficiency. But then once you improve your efficiency, then it's like, okay, how do we slow it back down in a meaningful, meaningful way? But the first thing I see, most people, they get on target with their rifle, and then they level everything up. and and So their crosses are right in the middle of the target. Then they reach up. Then they grab their bolt, and then they run it forward. And then they have to reposition everything again. And I'm like, that's the most inefficient thing in the world. And most people don't believe me when I say that it it's probably affects, you know, two to three seconds on a, on a one-shot drill. And then until I can show them, like, they run four – one shot drills at you know nine ten seconds, and all of a sudden uh, they start closing their bolt. Like so, it's like you 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 put your face on the stock, and instead of having your hand on the grip, your hands on the bolt. And as soon as you you your face hits the stock, and you get gra- grab a sight pitcher, and there's the target. It's just your reaction is is just running the bolt forward, and then and then you start getting ready and then then it takes it, it drops the your average down to like seven seconds or something and then they're like holy crap that makes a difference
1: Mm-hmm. and yeah kind of was, profound. Uh, i'm not advocating for skyline by any means um, no uh,
0: you, it's got to be in your sight picture you know but your hands yeah. up on your bolt instead of on your grip type thing you know yeah. it's ju- it's sure. just a little tweak in the way you in the way you're getting into position Mm-hmm.
1: But what, what do you think about um, holdover? I, I didn't mean really change the subject, but it kind of applies to a couple stages this last week weekend. Holdover versus uh, dialing.
0: I get this question a lot, I'm sure you do too. But uh, I so I think when you need to do it, do it. But when you, when you, if you, if at all possible, don't do it. That being said, I do it all the time, so. I'll have them like marked on my turret, you know, for dialing. But then I'll also have the holdovers written down as well. So I'll have the I'll have the hold or the dials and the holds. Mm-hmm. I I prefer just holding over straight if I'm going to hold over. Like instead of doing the hold under, hold even, hold hold over, I just dial for the first one, hold over, hold over. Unless there's some there's obviously times where I do the other, but most of the time that's that's kind of what I do, but uh, I try to dial as much as possible.
1: Right. Me Yeah, I do too. So in, that, in those times where um, I think it's more important to memorize your holdovers than to actually hold over. If your holdovers aren't memorized, you might as well dial.
0: Yeah, no, because I agree there 100%. Because
1: if you're coming out of your rifle – When you pan to another target to grab your next hold holdover, then then you're looking for another target and you you lose more time trying to find that target than if you just if you can if your targets are close enough to where you can pan from one to the other, then um, you can gain so much time and that that happened at at Parma and that's pretty much the reason I think I still would have won by one. But uh, so there was a three position. They weren't good positions. Uh, it was a table, t- a table turned over and we had to shoot off the the legs, the leg and then the bottom of the table and then the other leg. And there were four targets. So three position, four target. And they were uh, 600 out to 900 yards. So a lot of flight time. And. Everybody, the high score, except for mine, was eight. And the only difference was was simply hold over. Uh, nobody got to that. Third and final position. Granted, it's a it's a regional match, and the shooters. There's a lot of pro shooters that would have done it dialing, but that's that made the most of the difference in the match is the fact that I was able to just, had it memorized, keep all my targets in my sight picture, and just go from one target to the next, and not come out of my rifle. Yeah, if that makes sense.
0: No, I agree. That's like uh, I get this question because I think some people are thinking that they're gonna do a bunch of holdovers at matches. But like uh, the 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 amount of times that I do holdovers at matches is not all that much, unless I feel like it's gonna affect my ability to be able to make good shots, like in situations you're talking about. Then I'm going to hold over, um, but it's usually in the posi- like positional moving stages where it's like one or two targets, or it's or like or like two or three targets or something like that. Like a troop line I'm going to always dial type deal or I'm going to try to – my default is to always dial but I and usually always dial the first one and then do that. The only reason I make that stipulation is because I think a lot of – like some people are asking – I feel like some people that ask me that question are asking like do you hold over all the time or do you dial all the time? It's like no. Yes, I dial almost every shot, but there are stages that make it to where – you don't have time to reach up dial your turret if it's like like what you're saying where you say your target one and it's right there and then you know that you just pan up and right just a little bit and there's the next target and if you just know that's a mill from your last hold you just hold over a mill, and then you go to the next one they do this a lot at k&m and then you go to the next one and it's you know, a mil and a half over. So then you hold over a mil and a half and then you move positions and you do it again instead of having to reach up and dial two, three, three and a half. And then go back two, three, three and a half. You don't have to reach up and do that the whole time. You just basically acquire the next target, pull trigger. Acquire the next target, pull trigger. Yeah. But if if at all possible still would I still would dial. Do you agree? Yeah, I
1: think I agree with you. I think if, if you don't have your holdovers memorized, you might. It's not uh, worth it.
0: Yeah, I agree. No. I agree. I won't even. So, I, And so, like, if there's stages where I'm like, man, I'm going to dial or I might not dial, I still memorize my holdovers because mm-hmm. uh, I ride it on my turret, right? I write down each deal. So, I don't have to memorize that. So, I just memorize the holdover. That seems to be the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. But... Which, and getting back to the trigger thing, the only reason to really do it, in my mind, is is to make sure, like, because you can probably get through almost anything dialing, but you might have to sacrifice in certain areas, and there's just certain things that I just won't sacrifice, and that's the trigger. Yeah. So, um, what was the thing? I was going to ask you. So, because we've done some practicing on this particular subject, on this particular deal, we and the ones i'm i'm thinking of in particular is the other day well it's like it's been a month now cuz i've been busy at school but uh mm-hmm. so when we practiced we practiced one shot and two shot drills and uh i feel like there was a a point in there where where maybe like you understood what i was saying but yet figured like oh that's simple type thing and then all of a sudden realized man this might not be quite as simple as i thought it seemed like. Um,
1: it. Yeah, no, there, there definitely was, and it was, it's kind of frustrating because I knew exactly what you were trying to get me to do, um, but I wouldn't, wasn't, still wasn't able to do it every time. It just, it, uh, just slow down that trigger squeeze.
0: Yeah, because um, I, I don't know what. I don't know either because it, it's it. Well, I do know because I. It took myself a long time to figure it out too. Like. Uh, before, long like i remember going and practicing and then trying to figure out what the frick why why I would just like yeah and then it matches it was it it obviously exacerbates it even more you know sure uh,
1: yeah no, i probably i have a conscious trigger even after we practice i probably still it's only it's only half the time even now that I have a, a conscious thought process of squeezing squeezing my trigger um and it's just a matter of time i guess and repetition to where i can separate those two but as soon as you it seemed like as soon as we added one more thing that went away if that makes sense like if we added two shots the trigger squeeze will go away on the first shot then i think oh i forgot let's do it on the second shot or Um, vice versa almost yeah yeah
0: yeah uh so, cause I was thinking about this after me and Brady were talking and after, and then after and me and you were talking, cause, or you were saying something like, I don't know how to do it or get it to where it is more conscious all the time. But I do think that the more you practice it and the more like, like if you made a decision to go to, to a match and just be like, okay, I'm going to, that's all I'm going to pay attention to today is like, yeah, I'm going to make sure I'm ready for every stage, but the so cuz there was a couple times that I would go to local matches I do remember doing this and this is and I forget that I did do this because uh it's been a couple years now but I start when I started like paying attention trying to separate the the processes out and trying to figure out like well I made a decision that I or I had a hypothesis let's just say that the thing that made the the where I was losing points was was in not uh consciously pulling the trigger that I was pulling the trigger and and it was like when I would go home and slow fire I would squeeze squeeze boom and then it was kind of like a surprise thing and I would just like whack or just wear the center out of targets and then put a timer on and then I would hit all over the place on the targets and then like I think that that might have something to do with it so I started figuring started playing with my process to where I'm like all right I'm gonna make it to where that's all I think about and then so then I had to come up with something and that's where I started with the cadence is I had to come up with something to where when I was going to a match that, that I would try to say that in my mind every time I got to the shot in order to like kind of ground myself to where then I would think about the trigger every time. And then I, so then I would go to certain like local matches there for a little while. That's, that is the only thing I, I like, I didn't care about my score. I didn't care. I granted, I still, I, I ended up winning a bunch of these. Um, and, and, uh, but I, and I feel like that made a big difference in my shooting. Like that's when all of a sudden I went from like, uh, nobody knew who the heck I was to all of a sudden winning matches, uh, is I started to separate that out. And then, um, my whole goal when I was going to those local matches was to test what I was doing and see if I could make it to where I would consciously think about the shot every time. Like yeah, I've always obviously I'm still trying to hit the targets, right? But my goal was is to make make it to where ninety to hundred percent of the time I was consciously thinking about the trigger pull. Like uh there was so I sent you a podcast the other day, um, yeah. um where I was listening to but it art it was, it had been on my mind and me and you've talked about this long before Uh, We listen to this podcast, but the one thing the guy said on there was, is that if you're going to, if consciously thinking about the trigger pull, uh, to be able to, you have to be able to stop it anywhere in the process, right? Like if you start squeezing, squeezing, you should be able to stop or the gun's just going to go off and you're going to be surprised essentially.
1: I think, um, I think a lot of people that, that you explain this to, they're not, they don't blow you off. Oh yeah, I do that. I do that. But then to explain it that way and to really think about that, to be able to, you got to be able to stop that. If someone, I don't know. It's, it's a different way of thinking about it. And it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Cause like, I yeah. guess the difference between a good shot and, or, or like what my, what I think of when I'm shooting, shooting is I start, so I get on the trigger and I was telling this to, to Gidarzy. me Me mean, Gidarsi were talking about this once. Um, He's like he says this. He's like he's like. Well, I think you should know when the trigger goes is going to go off. I'm like, mm, maybe. I was like, I don't agree. I, I that's what I said. I says I think you should be surprised. And he says, well, he says, well, then then you're going to flinch and you're not going to see as much. And I was like, he, and then he goes, it's think about this. <clears throat> if you know, if you're standing there and and you're around a corner sitting there doing something and somebody walks around the corner and goes boo are you going to jump i'm like yeah i'm yeah you're a flinch he's like exactly you're going to flinch he's and i was like okay but if uh that guy called me and said hey i'll be around the corner in 2 seconds i'm not flinching when he shows up so in my opinion you yeah you need to know the gun's going to go off in the next half second to two seconds or whatever but as long as you know it's going to happen in there you're not going to freak out when it happens but your body's also not going to react proactively to the explosion if that makes sense
1: yeah you have to know i guess i kind of see what you're saying you gotta you gotta know that it's gonna happen but if you know exactly when it's gonna happen in my mind and it's tough to argue with because he's a pretty good shooter but uh if you don't know when it's going to happen, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what I told Nick. I says, well, look, I I, <clears throat> I agree, but I, and that's why I told him, I was like, dude, but at the same time, like, I, you only, I want to know, like, I know it's going to, I know it when it, it's going to go off because I start, I tell myself, okay, squeeze, and then it's like, add pressure, add pressure, boom, you know, like, I don't say, I don't say, Uh, okay now you know i don't do that like which a lot of people do they go squeeze squeeze now squeeze squeeze now and so so and as soon as you say now there's no stopping that if that makes any sense
1: correct yeah there's no stopping your natural reaction to that
0: well yeah but but as soon as you say now like your finger is going backwards and there's no like Mm -hmm. oh hey whoa 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 you know you're not stopping that process yeah like you're just going and so where whereas me I feel like as long as the gun doesn't go boom and, and I can stop that at any point because I'm thinking about it like squeeze 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 and like if that takes me 10 seconds or it takes me 1 second I don't know all I know is I am expecting the gun to go off that's why I like a light trigger because because I touch the trigger but then when I say squeeze like I want the gun to go off relatively quickly but but I want it to, I don't want it to be like as immediately when I, like, I don't want it to be squeeze boom, you know, because then I, then it's like something I know it's going to happen right now. I I want there to be a little delay so that, so that I don't know exactly when, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. It's tough to, it's tough to explain that, but I, I if anybody's done much shooting. I'm sure they kind of understand that concept
0: yeah, I guess go out and and take your gun out and just especially on heavy triggers, I see this because like when I shoot like somebody's like three pound uh, hunting rifle and I'm trying to shoot it decent at like a at a hundred yards or something, I I just start thinking, okay, just squeeze until it goes off, and I just start adding pressure, adding pressure, adding pressure, and there's this te- there's this strong temptation to just all of a sudden just add enough to where it goes off. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And you can, yeah. but the problem is, is that won't do anything. It's just you have to add slowly and add. Well, it doesn't have to be slow. It depends on the, the weight of the trigger. Like the weight of your trigger, you can increase the poundage faster, but mm-hmm. you still don't want to do it to where it's like. So like I start adding pressure, adding pressure, boom. You know, whereas uh, you in, it, you don't want to just add it all at once, though, if that makes sense. Because that's like saying I want the gun to go off now where I'm, I'm just saying I want the gun to go off sometime soon. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes
1: any sense. And that could be within a half a second. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Sometimes it could be within a half a second. Usually but, it's uh,
0: within a half second to a second and a half is what I
1: think. Yeah.
0: And in practice you want it, I think, two like seconds.
1: Really it feel like a really long time shooting a stage, and you're taking a second and a half to pull the trigger. But, uh, you think ideally, it would be a long time? I, it would feel like a long time for me.
0: Yeah, I know. But I, I've gotten to where now it's like, I feel like I do end up squeezing for about a second every time, but I, I don't think it's,
1: I think there's time to do it. That's not what I'm saying. I just, it just feels like, and it's so someone might think they're using a second and a half to squeeze their trigger, but they're only using a quarter second. I mean, you showed that to me when we were doing these drills. I was way faster pulling my trigger than what. Oh Yeah. uh,
0: what you were looking for. I told Brady when we started doing this a little bit, I videoed him and he's like, because I said, I guarantee you think he's like, that's forever. And I was like, that's not even a half a second, dude. And he's like, bull crap. And I showed him the video and he's like, wow, that's fast. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like an eternity.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think a good example of this, I kind of, um, my first realization that this this existed was back just doing load development in the very beginning of this and, and so i'd shoot a group and and it it'd be fine and i'd be like three or four groups into trying to develop this load and then i think wait a second am i am i doing everything i need to do on this bench to to tighten my group and then then i would just focus on that trigger squeeze and that's where anybody told me to do it, it just um just be surprised when the gun goes off, hold the crosshairs to where your tiny little wobble is in the center and just know it's going to go off when, when, uh, when that wobbles in the center, watch and follow through. And all of a sudden your group goes from a one inch to a five to a half inch group, just based on that trigger squeeze. Yeah. So I guess that's the, and I don't know how many people have experienced that, but if, if they haven't, then. I think it's a good good practice just to see uh that's a good example of your body reacting you not know it's reacting. Yeah. If you, if you can consciously focus on that on the bench you you know it's there.
0: Yeah, I think I think where I learned how to how to pull the trigger was I had a 308 when I it was a Kimber eight model 8400 like longmaster classic that's what it was. And I still have the the action but it's got a 243 barrel on it now but anyways I, I had that and I, the trigger I, I had tuned down to like two pounds or like a pound and three quarters or something like that and but it was still wasn't it wasn't light and when I first got it it was three pounds or something like that but I remember shooting groups off off of that thing and it would feel like like I could I could uh if to make groups I just had to sit there and I remember it, it and there was no break on it it wasn't very light so or it wasn't very heavy so it kicked pretty hard and so i had to learn how to just like let the crosshairs just be where they are and then just slowly slowly squeeze the trigger until i was surprised it would go off and uh and in that situation because the trigger is so heavy i do feel like there was a little bit of like that reaction almost that that uh um gedarzy is talking about so i i do think there is a, I think there is a that's that's one of my Uh, arguments for a lighter trigger is it has to be something light enough to where you can add that pressure or you have to train on it enough like when you go to a heavy one uh, to where you know how to preload the trigger and preloading the trigger is one of them things where I'm like I would rather have a two stage like a heavier like because I can I can definitely run a heavier two stage no problem because you're preloading the trigger and it it tells you when you're preloaded, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you only have to add X amount past that. So, But I feel like that's where we'll I learned what a squeeze was, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, so I shot a two-stage for a long time. Um, probably year two through four um, of PRS. And I did it just for the exact reasons you're talking about, the preloading. And, and you, I felt that I was getting better trigger squeezes but then i went back to a single stage trigger all of a sudden i started started shooting better what what do you think that is
0: i don't know i went back to a single stage too because uh, i so what i think what i was doing so the reason why i went back to a single stage and this is goes back to this is before i paid attention to my to my cadence and all that stuff well Paying attention to my cadence is a lot of what, or, or to my shot process, the the making the gun go boom. Uh, when I started trying to go to matches and trying to pay attention, that's when I started. I switched because what I noticed is, is that it was real easy for me to float through the second stage. So meaning uh, you would get to a point where you're like, I'm stable, the gun's on it. I need to. I need the gun to go off now, but I'm still moving to the wall. And so you would just get in this place where you would just you would know that you're gonna come to a wall, but you would almost pretend like there's no wall. If that makes sense, you wouldn't. You wouldn't yeah. be thinking about this. This is just what your subconscious mind would do. And then I would mm-hmm. just basically you just hammer through the wall.
1: Yeah, Maybe. I think that's a similar deal to mine because yeah, I found myself falling through the second stage quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Whereas, uh, and so that's where my shot process, I started having to, uh, pay attention in like the trigger for me when I first came up with this, when I said trigger, so I used to say level target trigger squeeze. And that, that target was when I got on target, I would think level and then I get on target and where my, where my thing was. And I would think trigger. And, and when I thought trigger, that was to go to the wall. So I Mm -hmm. would go to the wall and then I would, and then I would think squeeze, um, and that was how I had to train that out, but it got to be such a pain to do that because I I would ha- it would it lengthened the process and and so one what more I step. huh
1: that's one more step in that process
0: yeah so what I realized is if I just got a trigger that was set at what my second stage already was then I could just go to it and as soon as I, I level and then as soon as I was level I I you know naturally I'm gonna put my crosshairs on the target and then I would touch a trigger and then, and that's when I'd think trigger, and it would just I would just touch my trigger and then and then i and then once I'm rested on it, my levels or my my reticles where I want it to be, then I would just think, squeeze, squeeze, boom, and you know and then it to me that that that's why I went away from the two stage, but it does like people think it forces them to do things right, but in ideally, like when you're on a bench. Stuff like that, yeah, it helps you preload a heavier trigger. It does all that good stuff, and it's not bad. But there is when you're when when you get going fast, there's some things that happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if that it ever happened to you, but it did
1: to me. Oh yeah, yeah. So you said you mentioned cadence a few times, um, and I don't I don't mean to pick your subjects here but i was just thinking them while we're talking so that's that's something that uh, is not a foreign concept to me i i pitched quite a bit growing up and that's something that that i found early on um was the difference between a good outing and a bad outing just my ability to be able to go back to that cadence i i used uh, what was it set balance point follow through was my was my three step cadence when I pitched, and um, sometimes that just made all the difference in the world because it it clears out all the garbage, and um, I think that's the only way that I was able to get to that conscious thought process. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's and honestly, I <laughs> guess if I was to give an answer of like, because people are like, oh, how do, how do we get better at that? I think honestly that's the best way to do it. So like what maybe things something we should do, and this is something I made Paul Higley do, is saying the cadence out loud because then you have to it you, you force yourself to consciously go through that. Like I think everything in shooting should be you should be able to put it into this subconscious category where you do everything on autopilot except for pulling the trigger or squeezing the trigger. Like that is the one thing that I feel like you have to just consciously be thinking about. Everything else autopilot's great. In fact, it's it's desired because then you free up your mind to think about about the stuff that you need to. Like I guess I say one the one part of the shooting that you need to like obviously you should be thinking about wind, you should be thinking about all that type of stuff. Uh but as far as like getting into position, putting your gun where it needs to be, handling your equipment and your gun, all that, that has to be subconscious, but then pulling the trigger needs to be a conscious deal. And the only way to do it, I feel like the only way to pull yourself out, like you're saying, instead of just relying on this muscle memory to uh, hang yourself, essentially, because mm. that's what ends up happening. It's, I think it's, it's the reason why guys can't be consistent or not can't be, but aren't as consistent or they are better in certain matches than other matches. It, it's a lot of that stuff is because they don't know how to separate the shot from, from the, uh, from the stage, I guess, or from the separate the shot from the process, I guess, or something like that. Something you've got to figure out how to separate the pulling of the uh, the squeezing of the trigger. And, uh, so a cadence for me, that's what did it for me. Right. I, that's what I, I tried. I think I explained that. So I think something to where, like, when you get, you're like, okay, I got to go fast on this stage. But you also need to be thinking, and subconsciously, because you know it's a fast stage, you know you're going to have to go fast, right? Because I think about this for you when we were doing the shot, the one-shot drills, right? I, I said, okay, we did one-shot drills, but we did it with a five-second par time um, and then a ten-second par time. So the five-second par time, you had to be ready to shoot with your finger on the trigger by the time like that's from standing with all your gear in hand to ready to shoot um, mm-hmm. in five seconds. And that was kind of a push to get us there because uh, the position we were shooting out of, you had to put your gun through like a porthole thing. And then yes. and then you had to – so it wasn't just standing, drop your gun, and go. like It wasn't like a the old PRS karate chop thing. It was like you had to go through a hole and then get down kneeling – and then uh, be on a target th- to where at your place target acquisition is not easy, so because um, no. it's like a, it, you're looking for a gray piece on a brush mountainside, so mm-hmm. it's not really easy. So it, to get it ready in that uh, five um, second range was it was it was pushing us to get there, and neither yeah. one of us are slow. And right. then we took a five second break, and then we shot, then we the trigger, right? Mm-hmm. But then I was like, okay, so now just you gotta, now let's put it all together. You got a 10 second part time or whatever. It doesn't, there's no part time essentially. You just, just do it all together now. And then it was funny. And as soon as I said that, you immediately slowed everything down.
1: Yep. And it, and it, it was kind of bouncing back and forth from slowing everything down to then speeding everything up because yeah, then, cause then I would the, 'cause then the I point. was
0: like, hey, do it with a little bit of purpose this time 'cause you're 'cause you would I, I immediately the first one, I saw you slow down, right? You went yeah. from getting into position in five seconds to getting into position in six seconds or whatever, which isn't mm-hmm. a big deal. And didn't you had a good trigger you had a good trigger pull on it, but but uh because I said, Well now you're shooting for like that seven day nine second range, that's
1: what you mm-hmm. thought in your mind, right? Yep. Yep, and then and then you went back to do it with purpose, and I think my my shot went off at like five point seven. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. It'll yep. so be extreme <laughs> the other way. And yeah, you firing, went all, you went
0: from like eight fifty to uh to uh five thirty or something like that, 5.7, yeah. yeah.
1: So which yeah, and then finally I was able to start figuring it out and and uh, now it was it was a really cool process to to finally feel that separation. But it's, it's still not there. It's, it's going to take a minute.
0: Yeah. But at least I think, cause I think it, it ends up, I don't know. Cause everybody says it arbitrarily. Like, right. It's all mental.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they say that about everything. I mean, you played a lot of baseball. It really competitive, you know, and everybody's like, Oh, it's all mental. But like, what's mental about it? If you don't know, you know what I mean? I guess, I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, it's hard, well, I guess it's hard to get better if you don't know what to get better at, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, I suppose.
0: But, so, at least see, like, at least seeing it, like,
1: I think when you, sorry. Go ahead. I I think when you talk about it's all mental and, and a sport like baseball, it's, you're you the one getting in your own way. Yeah. If you straighten out your, your head. Okay. Um. There's the other side of that that you're trying to describe. is like you, so what do you do with your brain? What is this mental part of the game that's so big that we're we're talking about?
0: Yeah, but I'm also meaning like the only difference between making a good trigger pull and a bad trigger pull is is you getting in your own way.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
0: that's kind of, that is, that's kind of where I was thinking about it because I know like, uh, like there is no like that right there when we talk like you're you're like okay, uh you know, go faster and then all of a sudden trigger goes off at the same time. Well, the only thing that separates the trigger going off at the getting into position at fast, but then go, um, the trigger not going off till seven seconds, just adding slow pressure. That is a hundred percent just mental because you're, you have to, if you just, as long as you just get to there and then you just add conscious thought to it Mm -hmm. and say, okay, squeeze, squeeze, boom, then, Like and that's why I think the cadence helps me because in my mind that's what that those are the words that end up coming into my brain. Like I get level, I check that off the list. Then I then I think trigger. My finger touches the trigger and then I and then and and as soon as that point goes off, I slow down and I just well it's not that I slow down. I just think squeeze has to be slow. I guess so. It's just like squeeze squeeze because in my mind squeeze is this long word. So as long as I can say like in my head, it's like squeeze. Boom, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's like this. I don't know how to h- explain that at all.
1: How how disciplined are you on your cadence? I mean, how do you ever do you ever fall out of your cadence and and forget to forget to say it in a match? So,
0: after a while, you don't end up saying the words. I don't know how to explain this. I've I've thought about this, but I don't. So in the beginning, I was really dead, like really dedicated on having to say those words but then after a while that becomes the process right um like like to where you just know level and then you touch your trigger and then and then in your mind it's like okay a good long trigger pull and you're just thinking like because you know like this is what it is like i can't know it's not squeeze squeeze now and it's not like I don't know how to explain that. And then there's times where, like, say if I'm not shooting is good, or if I'm having a tough time, then I like then I double down on it, and like I gotta say it if that makes any sense. So yeah,
1: your cadence basically just shortened to to squeeze because well, everything you you rely on your your muscle memory and ca- now yeah, but each- I
0: start thinking oh. about it. Like I like uh, it become instead of a of like a saying a word to 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 uh, bring my brain consciously to the process, I know what the process should be, so I'm thinking about the process and making that the same every time. I don't know if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, kind of. Like,
0: like I know what it lo- what per- the perfect situation looks like, right, in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to replicate that perfect situation every time. Whereas it's it's all just like I'm not thinking about that. Until I get to that point, and then and then the target goes away, the wind goes away. Every once I make a decision on my wind, like I'll be looking at the wind until my finger until until I think about the the sh- sh- shooting the shot. If that makes any sense, like you'll you, like I'll I'll even touch the trigger and then kind of make my final decision, and then and then it's like. And then, and then when I think about the squeeze word, all of that goes away, and I'm just thinking about like 100% of that. My reticle's there on the target, but now it's just a matter of the gun ge- needs to go off without me telling it w- exactly when.
1: So I don't know if you got to hear on the podcast about the open-closed – open – open, what is it? Uh,
0: open loop, closed loop.
1: Open loop, cl- closed loop. And the idea is you start with um, closed loop. Uh, that would be the cadence, right? So you don't have that in your open loop process yet. So you start as a closed loop, and they they link it to what Mar- martial arts, right? To where mm-hmm. you go, through each punch um, in a closed loop, where you're very um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Deliberate, very deliberate, and how you do it. But once you get in a situation where you're under time, under pressure, under in battle then that goes to open loop and so kind of if i'm putting in those terms what you're describing is you've gone from closed loop to open loop in that and that level trigger but and the but, only but
0: you s- can't get rid of the squeeze
1: you cannot get rid of you can't open loop that squeeze part you got to keep that as closed loop
0: yep yeah you have to stay um yeah i can't remember which which loop is which but you have to basically i i use the words and i always have cuz i've talked about this a bunch and so this guy put it in better terms than than i or than i had but it helped, but it, but uh it was funny cuz we said the exact same thing so it's like i think people have obviously thought about this a bunch just more mm-hmm. in different disciplines than the precision rifle deal because you can mechanically um get away from a lot of this right but but now that the game is getting so competitive to where to where one or two points on on a 1 minute target um are making the difference between winning and losing a match you know you you can't miss the easy ones and you got to hit the and you got to miss the or you and you got to hit the hard ones right so so you just you have to do it perfect so but yeah the, the squeezing the trigger is the you have to do it but a lot of people the reason why I added the level in is because the level for me in the beginning wasn't a, wasn't a part of my closed loop operation if I'm, or open loop operation. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it like, I, it was, or it wasn't subconscious to me. So I had to add that in there. And 90% of the people that I, that I talk to when we shoot, they don't um, have that part of their um, um, subconscious operation. Right. Right. So, so they, they don't look at it every time. Whereas me, I have to look at every time mentally, my brain has a really tough time letting me move past that step because I've, because Mm. I pounded it in my head with this, with this open loop, whatever thinking or process of sitting there and you can ask Paul Higley, we've sat there and, and just said the process out loud, you know, we, we show up with, 50 rounds and do 51 shot drills and seeing level trigger squeeze every, every time, you know what I'm saying? Like you get to that point and you say, okay, level, you level up. Then you think trigger, touch, trigger, squeeze, boom. And, and then, and then that trains your brain to, to go through that process and you do that enough times and then your brain just automatically goes there. Right. But the, but the thing is is it's that last part, the squeezing, to where you always have to think about it. That can never go you can never transfer that one over. But getting to the point where you're touching the trigger, I feel like yeah, like 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 you can throw the you can put the level in the closed loop category or the or the subconscious category, right? Yeah. That should be no I problem.
1: Agree. And I and I do that part of it. So it's in your it's in your subconscious that that lo- that level part. But let's say you're on a PRS skills, um, and you really need a scope, real, real bad. So the uh, yeah, do you sir, are you able to throw that part out of your subconscious, or can you do that or not? The first
0: time I did was um, like uh, at Paul, like down there at Tony's range. Um, before we come up here, we started practicing the PRS skill stage a little bit, me and Paul,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and that's when I was like, okay, I got to see see how to get in the twenty second range, right? And that was. That was basically what got me from like thirty four seconds to to uh, twenty nine or twenty eight seconds or whatever or twenty nine seconds, and yeah. and that was just a matter of just uh yeah, because i I still would force myself. I think with the Brant built, uh, you can turn it down and then not have to mess with it near as much, and it shouldn't take you much time. It should it won't take away from your ability to still hit them in a timely manner. <laughs> But yeah, no, I,
1: that's just kind of an example. So you
0: can, you can, you can throw that. That's the one thing in the one time I can throw it out, but I don't like to do it because then, then it sets a precedent for my brain. That's why I don't like practicing that stage. Well, I do, mm-hmm. I do enjoy practicing it, but I don't know that it's the best for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I made that comment last time we were chatting on this deal. Yeah. Like the skill stage practice is probably the worst. Yeah. <laughs> but it but it is
0: fun and i think yeah, i think you got to do it
1: yeah but if it, nothing else it's just to expose these weaknesses so uh, like when we were talking about that first stage whatever when we first started talking how i i threw some things out of my process and then the next stage and the next stage it took me two stages to regather those 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 subconscious things that i purposely threw out cuz i knew i had to hurry up so not only does it affect you on that stage, but it's it, it takes me at least speaking for myself, it takes me a while to figure out what I'm doing wrong and it and it cost points in the meantime.
0: Yep. Well and I think I, I mean I think I'm the same way. It just I know now it's like <clears throat> because of the process deal, I will when I show up to matches, like I like in the beginning I start thinking about it mentally, visualizing the stage and I start trying to uh, go through my shot process like I'll, I'll sit there through the spotter and try to like really visualize saying my process and doing that so, and I it's got rid of like a lot of the first stage jitters because, and then thinking about it and being conscious like saying hey I got to really focus so that when I get into this position and I'm doing this that I, w- that, I that I definitely I don't blow through my process that I that I consciously go through my steps and and so on the first couple stages or the first stage yeah i mean or the at least the first shot or two of a match i'm for sure going through and saying to myself level trigger squeeze you know um but as things go on like yeah i might i might end up uh I get to the trigger and then I think in my mind, squeeze, squeeze, you know, like that's, that ends up being what I default to. But then say one bad stage happens or I start saying, all right, boys, I got to hit every freaking target because I got no, I like, I got somebody or, or I'm, or I, you know, day two, I'm, I, I got to make up three or four points or something. And I'm just thinking I got to hit every target today. I got to clean today. That's, that's what's going through my brain is, is, is my, process because i know that's what i have to do to hit more targets than everybody else is i have to go through that process i have to make good trigger
1: pulls mm-hmm. yeah that's that's huge right there i think because so many people can uh okay i'm gonna i'm gonna turn the switch on i gotta start shooting right now i'm going to i'm gonna hit every target from here on out and that's where it stops they don't do they don't say okay what do i need to do to do that yeah, And then ex- execute that plan to make that happen because you are the best I've ever seen at being able to come from behind or just execute to the highest level to achieve a goal. And I, th- I think that that's the difference is that you take it to the next step. This is my goal. These are the steps to achieve that. That's what I got to do. And you-, you just do
0: it. Yeah. I, well, I think that's... You have to have something. Like, I, I do think a lot of people... They just don't know what to do. Like they're like, man, I gotta, do, I gotta turn it on. But then they're like, I don't know what to do to turn it on. And they don't really have that internal conversation. Obviously, they're just like, I gotta turn it on. I gotta hit these targets, or I can't miss. That's the worst one. I can't miss. Yeah. That's like, that's, that's just a negative thought. Like yeah. you're, that means you're just gonna miss, you know? Because like all you're thinking about is missing, so you end up missing. It's like it's like a, what's that deal? Like if you th- sit, if you think about the the head of the nail, or you think about your thumb. You're going to hit whichever one you're thinking about
1: so a little story here um i held one record at gonzaga when i was pitching and that was a O two hit batsman <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what happens is i get to i get to get ahead in the count thinking i'm doing great Oh, i better not hit this guy and what are you most likely to do it's a negative thought process your brain is focused on that you can't differentiate that negativity And you're way more likely to do that. So.
0: Yep, that's why I think that's not a. It's not a bad thought. Like I guess it's not a bad thought because you don't want to miss. But it's not a positive. It's it's an. It's still a negative thought. So you got to figure out how to do a a positive thought. So in my brain, a positive thought is I got to hit all these targets. Well, that's all well and good, but it's still not a positive. Like it's a positive is in that it doesn't take anything away from you. So I to me that's just a. A net of zero that thought right be- mm-hmm. because you don't yeah. it doesn't take you anywhere so in my mind you have to be able to turn that like the want the 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 desire to win or to beat somebody or do whatever right that's going to tell you i got to hit these targets and then and then uh you think, okay, I gotta hit them, gotta hit them, gotta hit them, but that that thought does you no good because it 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 doesn't do anything as far as hitting to help you hit the targets. So then I try to figure out how to how to use that motivation to to uh, defer to something that will help me to a positive thought, which is my process. Whether it's you know, it's okay. Here's my shot process, but then I and then I dive deeper into into making sure I'm ready. So going through my pre staged plan, which is Uh, dope rifle scope wind you know i go through that whole deal every time and then i start thinking okay level trigger squeeze and trying to make sure that that's something that happens every shot and when i do that then then it's like okay so i'm prepared for every every stage and then and then i'm also making as good of shots as i can so so that when i get done shooting i did everything that i can physically to be able to um, put myself in a position where I I hit the targets right, like like obviously right. like you know he you're gonna make dumb decisions on like you you might miss the wind call or do something or or whatever target small and you slip one off an edge or or something like that, but you don't you can't blame it on anything else like you can't blame it on yourself and and. I don't mm-hmm. know. I hate blaming it on wind. I would much rather blame it on myself, like not seeing something or anything like that. When I hear people say "oh, switchy wind," I start thinking other things. Mhm. Yep. I would much is rather the be excuse? the one responsible for the for the loss, even though that sucks the most.
1: Yeah, I can relate with that for sure. So, is that the biggest? I'm just thinking. I mean, starting to make a lot of sense in my mind as we're talking. Is that the biggest separator is, is that being able to go from that, that desire, that motivation to win, to having a, a solution to, to do it, to having that process ironed out to do it.
0: I think so. Cause I think, I think it, yeah. Cause you have a plan, right? Like you have something, yeah. something, I, I don't know. That's what I think, but because then you have, you have a place it's really hard if you don't have a plan to then be like, okay, I got to hit these targets and turn it on. Like, there's no really, what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. you kind of just like keep doing what you did, but what you did wasn't working. So what the heck, you know,
1: yeah. do, it, do it harder, do it harder. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's where I, I do. Yeah. You're probably right. It
1: might be the biggest thing. And this is we're talking about this conscious trigger squeeze is just one one of those things maybe the most important in that process
0: but if you, you ask know. me but there's different there's different pro- thought processes right like i think it's one that makes people the most consistent across the widest range of conditions and and courses of fire and all that stuff but then there's other people that, that aren't as aren't as uh big on the trigger pull they, they're more into different deals but i think once you get into positional and stuff like it's hard not to think that that's something that that makes a big difference um but like I say there is there is different schools of thought on it because like uh even even if you go back to archery like i've talked to i mean matt Allwine, he's a big archer and me and him have talked about this a crap load there's some guys that like they just punch that's that's their deal they they get a heavy he told me he's like yeah you get a big old stabilizer you hold you get a super light um release and uh Cause I mean, if anybody knows Matt, Matt shot a lot of archery for a long time. He still shoots archery, and can still go win. But like, there's guys that that are able to squeeze, squeeze, like just just accept the wobble they have and squeeze the release until the gun, until the till the bow goes, till it, till it the arrow releases or whatever. But then there's other guys that wait weight, weight it down so it slows their wobble down, and then they try to as soon as the as soon as the uh, the pin is coming close to the center, they 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 hammer the their release and are able to time that wobble. The problem is is every now and again there's gonna be some there's a way for that to go wrong, whereas the squeezing it's a it's a little bit more consistent. But there's obviously there's two schools of thought and those same schools of thought run uh, they're they run pretty wild in the precision rifle world too, but I think in my opinion, it, the, uh, the first one, the one, the squeezing is the better way, even though it may be the harder, the, the harder one to nail down, if that makes any
1: sense. I think it makes a lot of sense because, so you might be a great big, or you might be a, a really successful trigger smasher, um, because you don't have to change your, I mean, your, your, your rhythm flows straight through your process. You got the equipment and you're, you're pretty good at, at uh not not reacting to that explosion so you're successful smashing the trigger um uh you might be a guy that tries to go to to your method of, of separating that trigger squeeze to be more accurate but can't kind of maybe like myself i'm going to keep working on it but maybe i never get to that point where i can where i can change gears and change my thought process only when I pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah but I, mean,
0: I but in that point I'd rather be the guy that has finds out where the governor is, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then yeah. and that's a way to get around it too. I just feel like separating it is like the pinnacle because then you can go fast, you can go slow, and still maintain the consistency throughout everything. Whereas <clears throat> like people that, that sma uh that hammer the trigger or punch it, I call it punching, mm-hmm. people that punch they're they're uh, relying on mechanical um, processes, like the like having light triggers, heavy rifles to be able to get away from this, and and to where they don't have to worry about it as much. But still, it will not be, it will never be as good as the as the squeeze. But but you can get to where you're pretty good at it. I mean, in all reality, once you get a heavy gun with a really light trigger. As long like, as long as you kind of practice it, you can get pretty good at punching. Like I will tell you, I can punch it with the best of them. But yeah. it's not. I will tell you right now, I'm not as consistent when I do it.
1: Yep, yeah. I think that's where I'm at. We had we had two movers. Uh, I know we're probably getting a little long here, but we had two movers on this uh, lead farm match, and uh, I think that there's a. I mean, you kind of got to. You kind of got to punch a trigger. On a mover,
0: right? I'm a I'm a strong proponent of the punch when it comes to movers. I think it's a, because that's a whole different deal, right? We're we're moving away from precision and moving into the like you have to like right. You you're saying you're looking at a reticle and you're looking at the mover and you're watching the mover come across it and you're having to say and this is a prime example of why punching it is not as good because. Like it's really hard to be perfect on movers because you have to, you're having to tell yourself, I want the gun to go off now. And there's times where all of a sudden you're a little late, and there's sometimes you're a little early. So if there's any wobble that you're having a time through, then then you're you're not going to do it as good. Whereas if we go back to the wobble thing, your body you're always physically trying to move the wobble, like you're setting your natural point of aim to be the middle of a target so as long as you set your middle, set your uh, natural point of aim to be the middle of the target let's just say the natural your wobble is the same size as your target and your natural point of aim is perfect that means your wobble's covering that target and if you if you try to punch it you're going to try to you're going to try to say tell the gun to go off when, when when it's in the middle but by the time your finger hits the trigger it might be to the edge so yeah. So but because there's time, even though you said, I want to go off now, but there's a lock time. There's all kinds of stuff that can be pushing over there. But if you're squeezing that, that the reticle time wise is in the center of that target more than it's on the edge of the target, or at least in the middle ways mm-hmm. from the edge. So, so you're, so if you squeeze, the chances are you're going to hit the target in the middle 99% mm-hmm. of the time. Now there's times where, where like Like you break it on an edge, but still hit it in the middle of the target. You know what I mean? You're just like, well, you think you broke it on the edge, but you don't know. So it's like, it's kind of that deal where, where if it, if you see your reticle on the edge, the next place it will be is in the middle of the target. So it's like, it's always moving back to the middle, if that makes any sense. And if you're trying to time that, it's so much harder in my mind, it's harder to do that than it is to put a little bit of conscious thought into just squeezing the trigger and letting it go when it goes.
1: Well, you got to add one more thing to that too. And that's, that's your effect on the rifle when you punch it. Yeah, exactly. The before you punch that. So it's not even as predictable. So you're on the edge. You might think it's going to be in the middle next until you, until you punch Uh you might just the process of so that, that thought process could pull you further off the target.
0: Here's a prime example. When I'm on movers, especially quick movers, I have to add like two to three tenths to my mover lead. Um, to be able, like, I almost have to break the, the lead on the leading, like the, what the lead is on the leading edge of the target to be able to hit it in the middle, because there's a delay between when I say now, and when the bullet actually leaves the, the muzzle. So, so like that, that's, that's part of the, and then, yeah. And then you have your influence and all that on there, but I, that's why I think it's a little bit harder to be consistent at punching because, you're you're relying on yourself and timing and all that all that jazz
1: if that makes any sense makes a lot of sense to me i don't know about everybody else but
0: yeah we're about to find out i guess but anyways uh i think we about beat that into submission almost i think so yeah i think hopefully hopefully that kind of answers some questions and kind of hopefully it gets the thought process on on uh on what it is, but I felt like, yeah, it's not, it's not the easiest concept cause it's pretty cerebral, I guess. Cause yeah, you're talking about something that's, we're talking about, uh, like the, the thoughts behind what we're, what our actions. And that's sometimes, I don't know. You gotta, I guess you gotta care enough to really even get that deep. So
1: yeah, that's true.
0: Hopefully people, uh, enjoy it. <laughs> so right.
1: that was fun. Yeah,
0: it was fun. So, anyways, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you later.